Welcome to Wellversed, where we bring biblical principles of governance to governmental leaders and you. This is the Wellversed podcast. I got to tell you how excited I am to have this particular guest with us. He's been a friend for, well, quite a few years. His name is Barry McGuire. And perhaps you've heard of a product, a popular product in America by that name. We'll talk about that perhaps in a few moments. But Barry, I want to say a huge thank you for coming on. Yeah, folks, you're about to learn how to share Jesus in an exciting, winsome, magnetic way. This is going to touch your heart deeply. Tonight, what we're talking about is the core of why we exist. It can't get more important than tonight's session. So, Barry <laughs> McGuire, thank you for being on with us. Well, Lord, you could take me now. Okay, I've arrived. I got on Jim Garlow's show. I finally made it. <laughs> I'm good. Well, I'm good, uh, Lord. <laughs> uh, Mary, I, I want you to talk just a little bit. Take the next few moments and talk about who you are. Now we're going to jump into the message of tonight, but but tell them a little bit about who Barry McGuire is. You you have a rather remarkable story, a remarkable life. So talk to us about that. Well, um, you know, I, I've been along for the ride almost. Uh, God is just so faithful and and aggressive and. And take you to a place you'd never expect if you if you hook on to him. I mean, I, I talk so many people don't want to get their life crippled because if they do that, then they got to get into this God thing, and they're just like, oh my goodness, it's just uh, I have no excuse. I, I was I was in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, all my growing up years. Um, I and have you were a buddy. You were a buddy of James Dobson, Jim Dobson from the uh, Jim Dobson. And I grew up together. We uh, I met Jim when Jim when I was fourteen years old. Uh, I was with you last week at SoFi Stadium. We went to that that uh, debacle with TCU in Georgia. Uh, we are great, great friends. I was also um, best friends with David Wilkerson for 40 years. Wow. Uh, and wow. Uh, we traveled all over the world together. And you, you hang around with that guy for a while, and you're going to know who God is. And I just I just sucked everything I could off. He's my friend. I still chair his board today. But... Um, just the miracles that happened. My grand, my mother's mom and dad were, uh, they helped found the Nazarene church. And they're the godliest people of my life. And I spent a lot of time with them when my parents traveled on business. And uh, I learned so much from my Oscar and Nettie Hudson, man, oh man, my mom was born in Texas. So lineage there on my five, my grandfather's side and my dad's side started our business. I have a book right in front of me here on systematic theology that was his and it's written all through it. Uh, we went to cemeteries in Franklin, Kentucky. They had me come back to be grand marshal of, of, of the 50th anniversary car show there. They had me come back because that's where our family's roots were back uh, right after the Revolutionary War, they gave land grants. And there's these cemeteries, McGuire cemeteries with scriptures on them going back, you know, before the Civil War. So I have all this, the heritage of coming down. If, if, if you're a Christian, you need to think about how did you get there? How is it that you're a part of the 10% of the U.S. population that really knows God and serves God? How, out of, out, of the, out of the millions of years and billions of people, he chose us to be here at this moment. It's just, just too incredible to even comprehend. But anyway, my grandfather uh, was selling furniture polish. He didn't like it. He, his customers didn't like it. He prayed, asked God to give him uh, a formulation. He started for We have pictures of it, started working with very unusual ingredients, normally not used in polishes. They came up with this product that created a perfect finish on black lacquer furniture. That's what it became named for, known for in Evansville, Indiana. 
as it happens, over half of the horses carriage manufacturer in Indiana, and they're all painted with black lacquer. And so without his permission, people started taking his furniture polish and putting it on carriages, and it became a carriage polish. And then he moved to Pasadena, California in 1913, just selling shops. And as it turned out, he didn't, he, no way he could have known this, but the car hobby was birthed in, um, at the end of World War II and the GIs came home and started working on the cars. And now they knew how to work on engines and aerodynamics. They started taking their cars and cutting them down and making what we now call hot rods and race it, but they wanted to have perfect paint finishes. So they paid a, a fortune to get a paint finish in their cars and all their painters told them use Meguiar's because it was this professional product they found that created this great finish. When I got out of college and going across country, I found out that basically every, Chris, every custom paint in the United States was using our products and all the top cars and all the car shows were, um, were using our products. And so I, I went to the family, I said, you know, we're already in the retail market. No, we don't want anything to do with the retail market. When I got out of college after 60 years in business, we were doing about $600,000 a year. And how I made sales calls was I buffed cars. I went to filthy, dirty garages of those days and buffed a car and made it like a jewel. And then they'd buy a gallon of this and a pint of that. And I told Karen, I think there's got to be a better way to sell car wax. And then God started inspiring me. There's a market there for car guys and car wax. You need to go after that market. And so it's a long story, but uh, the family was against it. I finally talked them into it. Then I had to learn how, I didn't know anything about the retail market. So I graduated college saying, trust the Lord with your whole heart. Don't depend on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. That's, that, that scripture is huge. I had a glimpse of it when I got out of college. When I started my, 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 my professional career in our little business, I said, God, I'm going to trust you with my whole heart. That's why I know I should do that. And so I did. And one thing led to another. I, I said, I, I don't know anything about the retail market. You know, you need to have to teach me. And he brought experts into my life and they just fed into me. And the, the logo that we have, I didn't know what I was doing. And everybody was space age. It was 1969. This one guy, he created the polo logo, the, the horse and the guy hitting the, the ball. And he came to me and he says, you've forgotten your history. McGuire since 1901, you need to capture that in this logo. And it, at the time, it was everything was space age. 1969, we just landed on the moon. I thought he was right. The board gave me a modest budget that night. I called him. I said, how much will you charge me for the budget, Craig? And he said, I'll call you back in 15 minutes. And so while he calculated, I prayed. And I said, God, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to trust you on this. And I, so I don't have to worry about it. If he's, if he's the wrong guy, having come in above the budget they gave me this morning in the board meeting. If he's the right guy, having come in within budget. I call, he calls me back and he gives me his quote and it's to the dollar, Jim, to the dollar of, of the, the, the budget they gave me that morning. And I told him what had just happened. He couldn't believe it. Then I got my knees and God, I realized you're, you're, you're interested in the affairs of man, the whole, every, every part of it, not just Sunday or once in a while, you're in, you're in this with me. And so um, we're now the number one selling car wax in the world. And uh, it's, it's been a crazy ride. And I'm trusting God. And I've been, been in more messes. <clears throat> and every time I get in a mess, I just turn to God. Uh, a couple of times, Karen said to me, did you pray about that? <laughs> I hate it when she did that. Uh, sometimes I get ahead of God. I learned a lot of lessons over 50 years. <laughs> but what I learned was 
you, you delight yourself in the Lord. You acknowledge him in all your ways. And the good stuff, when it's good, you praise him. When it's bad, you praise him. Because you know what? When you've earned his favor, we'll talk about that, how you can earn his favor. But he, when he's making everything good for you, when bad stuff comes in, it's good stuff. We don't see it as good stuff, but it is good stuff. And we, if we trust him to see how it's going to become good, it always does. <laughs> and then that ends worry, that ends fear. And you're just living in the, I call it the favor. I live, I call it the fog. You live in the favor of God. You follow the nudge and you live in the favor of God. So it's been a blast. We've had every kind of challenge. We had everybody try to defeat us. I had a family that was against me. Half my business was owned by family members who never polished a car, had no passion and hated me. And God got me through that. They sold to a venture capitalist and he, he tried to destroy me. And all the way through, I kept my joy, you know, and, um, it's been a fun life. It just gets better and better. Karen, I've been married 59 years now. I cannot believe it. It gets better and better. We're having so much fun. We feel like newlyweds. We're, we're, I mean, we're just like every day, you know, we're traveling like you. We're all over the place. Every every week we travel somewhere and speak and fellowship. And of course, I'm still, I'm President McGuire. So we have a great big auction coming up here, of a shortly classic car auction. I'm, I'm taking a car to a car show this afternoon when we finish. So uh, anyway, it's a, it's a fun life. But I'll tell, let me just tell you this as the last thing, I guess. I thought I should go into full-time ministry, okay? The year was um, 19, 1976. I've been sharing my faith so often that I and, and having so much success, I decided, God, you must want me to go to full-time ministry. So I closed the door to my office. See, I think you know this story. I think I told this to you. And I prayed the most fervent prayer of my life. I said, God, if you want me to go into full-time ministry, I, I will. I will. I, I'll, I'll do whatever you want me to do. But if I, I'm the third generation leader, there's nobody else to lead our little family. Business. It was little at the time. We just started this retail thing. And I said, but I'll, I'll, I, it'll fail if I'm not there, but I want to do what you want me to do. And so you're almost going to have to speak to me with an audible voice. But if you, when you do, when you do, <laughs> I'll do it. I'm there. I'm all yours. Not 20 minutes later, a guy walked into my office. His name was Dave McNutt. He went to our church. I knew him. No, I didn't know him. I knew him from church. I knew who he was. I knew he's a missionary kid. He grew up in Africa, my same age. Never had a glance, never exchanged a glance with him. Okay. And now he's coming up my office now, says, There's a Dave McNutt here. So I said, Okay. So he walks in with big smiles. He said, Hi, Barry. I was in the area. I thought I'd stop by. I asked you, Well, how's it going? And so I made a snap decision, an easy one, that he wasn't into, you know, cool cars and shiny paint finishes. So I began telling him stories about uh, face sharing with people. And one in particular about a Jewish rep on a, on a snowy day when he came out for an account. I started the car to get warm. And he said, before you put it in gear, can I talk to you? And I said, yes. And he asked me to pray for him. And, uh, you know, when you just let people know you're a Christian, when they're hungry, they'll come. And, and at that point, I thought, you know what, God has seen me. God just using me in such an amazing way. It must be full-time coming. So he, he said, how's it going? So I started telling these things. He said, he looks at me, he says, well, God's given you a wonderful ministry here, hadn't he? And I'm thinking, wow, why would you say that? Almost twilight zone of my, my background, you know, that was, that's like, you're giving me a wonderful ministry here in my business. God's given you a wonderful ministry here, hadn't he? And I said, well, why would you say that? He said, well, a pastor can't reach those people, but as a businessman, you can. In fact, he says, you know, your, your business is your pulpit. 
I, I'd seen them cross over. I hadn't seen the, the actual business, everything. There's no separation. This is a revelation to me. Everything. It's all, it's, it's, there's no separation. Follow what I'm saying. But I said, this is crazy. I told him about this prayer I just prayed. And he said, well, that makes sense then. I said, what makes sense? He said, I just dropped missionaries off at Orange County Airport. I was driving up Red Hill, which is the closest main street to my office. He said, and God spoke to me. He said, go see Barry McGuire. <laughs> and I'd seen your building many times. The name was in the front. And I put it together, that's McGuire for the church. But I argued with God all the way to the office. I said, God, I, I don't know this guy. I'm going to make a fool of myself. I don't know what kind of business he's in. Um, but he says, I came in and now I know why. Tell, tell you this. So if he had not been obedient to that, that's a lesson of obedience. If he had not been obedient, I'd be a horrible minister. I'm not a minister. I'm a businessman. But he let me know in 1976, my business, my pulpit, and I've seen it that way ever since. And every decision we make, we trust God. And we brought together a team of people as, as our, as all our vice presidents, all praying together. It's been a, it's been a blast. And we've, we've never followed anybody. We just follow God. <laughs> wow. Well, you, you, you actually are a minister. I've written about the fact that all of us are called into ministry. Now, it could be you're ministering through your company, or I minister from the pulpit of a church, as I did most of my life. But now, can, uh, I, can I interject? Just you're right as called to ministry as I am. Yeah, I, I, you, we're all in full-time ministry. And, and folks, let me tell you, uh, you can't get away from this fact once I give it to you. I'm sorry, but I'm going to tell you something may disturb me a little bit. Everything you do, everything you say, and everything you do, is moving everybody watching you closer and further away from God. <laughs> okay, you've, you've set us up for the, the next part, but one more thing just before we get into that. Okay. I, I, I'm saying this for all the guys that are listening. Uh, I, I want you to just take, just take a few seconds and talk about some of the cars you owned or have owned. <laughs> We're going to jump into how to share Jesus because that's the purpose of the call, but I've got some guys listening to We'll be very disappointed if I don't. You, you got a TV. You got a TV show from a with, with cars all around you. You've got some of those amazing cars in the world. Just just take a moment to talk about those. So show us a couple pictures of some cars, or tell us about some cars, and then we're going to jump in. How do we share Jesus? Well, I'm not a car collector. I have a few cars. I'm a car guy. Um, if you want to see a, a funny video, go to YouTube and 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 and, and punch in. Uh, Car crazy gene, G N E, car crazy gene. I'll tell you why. And it's basically a God given gift. About 10% of the population are car guys. I was born with the gene. And um, I, I'm not a car collector, but I have a few interesting cars. My first car is a 57 Chevy. And so people say, What's your favorite car? Well, my black 57 Bel Air hardtop. That's my baby. And when I'm in it, I'm 16 years old. Again, Karen and I dated in that car. When, I mean, we love driving around that car. It's just so cool. I have, um, I don't know, I have a 1940 Woody. I love the Woody. I probably use the Woody as, as much as anybody as has four doors and seats six people, but it's it's got a, it's a new chassis, new front end, uh, serious radio disc brakes. <laughs> it's, you can drive to New York City. I have a 33 Ford Phaeton, just an amazing car. Um, when when they, uh, they did the repro car on the Ford GT back in 2015, I covered that whole thing for Ford and and they gave me a friendly price. So I have a Ford GT for 2015. They brought out another one um, just, um, what, three, four years ago. I've, I've lost track now. The new Ford GT. And they had 7,000 people fill out an application for this car. They only made 250 at that time. 
And um, when they came through, uh, I ended up being number 11 on the list. So I have a black Ford GT in my garage. It's gotten a lot of publicity. Um, I have a, I wanted to get a car that represented my, when my grandfather started our business. So um, I was looking for a 1901 uh, car. I, I ended up buying it without knowing what it was. The 1901 Duryea. The number one car collector in the world came to me right after he wanted that car and he just got prevented him from buying it. It just got off the block when he walked in the room or he would have had it. He came out of the garage and revealed to me what I had purchased. It's actually um, has three cylinders after the Trinity and it has a long, beautiful styled fish on the side to acknowledge the fish of the, the, the sign of the early church. He's not a Christian and he couldn't believe I didn't know that story. He said, do you not understand this is the only car that was ever made to honor God? And oh. so uh, that's, that's a brilliant car. And I take that to shows. I'm taking it to the show this afternoon. And whenever I'm asked to come on stage, which is often at car shows to tell a story, I tell them that one because it gives me the opportunity to talk about God in a car guy way. So it's, it just worked brilliantly. But uh, anyway, we, we, we've got a, a few cars, a few more than that, but they're all, they're all fun. But they're all tools for ministry, right? Everything let's we jump have. In, let's jump into that. Uh, well, I had you speak at, at an event in Washington, D.C. in July. And I started to introduce you, was going to introduce you in private conversation. We talked about as uh, how to share your faith in a hostile culture. And you said, Jim, our culture is not hostile at all. You're lined <laughs> up wanting to know about our Jesus. Okay, so I'm going to pick it up right there. Talk to us about how to share Jesus with those around us. You love on people. Uh, I've been through it all these many years. I went to all the mansions and classes and I, you know, I had the recitation of points and I'm sweaty palms and scratchy throat and all nervous and oh, oh you know, I, I did it very poorly. I had success, but I did it very poorly. And then uh, it's one of these Rama moments where the, 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 the scripture just jumps off its page at you. And it was one that we know so well, but where Jesus said, they'll know you by your love. And I thought he didn't say to know you by your oratory or your memorization of scripture. I, oh, I can, I can love on people. I can do that real easy. And what I found through personal experience, and of course, I've been sharing my faith now every day for 50 years. There's not too many people have been doing that. So I, I'm not going to talk about all the wrong ways and all the mistakes or all the good stuff. But after a while, you start getting used to if you just love on people and, and not plan ahead. You know, there's nothing scripture about these classes. I'm sorry. Uh, I, Evangelism classes have helped a lot of people and millions of people are saved. I don't want to take away from that. But most people, most of us would ever go to evangelism class. And then we feel like we're not qualified to share our faith. You know, he didn't say go into the world, all you who have gone through an evangelism class. <laughs> and he didn't say go into the world and be a good person. Most Christians think being a good person today is sharing your faith. It's not. If, if every time Christians were good people and they connected God to it, we'd be a Christian nation. Seriously, most evangelicals now think that you can actually earn your way to heaven. Evangelicals, they call themselves evangelicals. They think they can earn their way to And they think sharing their faith is being a good person. I, I, I walked past a restaurant at a convention center a while back, and my good friend with me, when he came out, he said, did you see the, the gentleman uh, cleaning the restroom? I said, I did. He said, I gave him $20 and thought he was doing a good job. I said, well, Great, but what did that accomplish? Here's why I made him feel good. I said, well, it made you feel good, right? Well, yeah. You know, in the same amount of effort, you could have said, you know, God has just prompted me to give you 
just a little reminder here, this $20 bill, that he knows who you are and he loves you. He's right there with you. You know, I said, I mean, for eternity, move everybody every day closer to Jesus. And then there's this Mark 13, 11 says, don't prepare for a defense. Don't. We're always ready to prepare. I got to, I was always prepared. I got to be ready. What, what, you might ask me this. You might ask me that. I'd get all this stuff. Then usually you didn't ask me those questions, all that stress. If you go in and you just, you just let God speak to you. In fact, Luke 12, 12 says to us, the Holy Spirit will give you the word to say when you say them. And he does. This is the adventure of it. When you, when you bump people spontaneously, and they give you, you have no idea. I mean, I got a million stories where these things go. They're just all over the place. You know, there's no way you compare. And then God brings to your remembrance. That's another scripture. He brings to remembrance scriptures and situations and stories. And all of a sudden you feel God speaking through you and you see the life in front of you changing. That's, there's nothing in the human experience that matches that. It's, it's, it's unbelievable to know that God just used you. God just orchestrated that. He directs their steps and your steps. You come together. You had no idea. You had no idea that was going to happen. And there was a, this moment where you just know God used you. And you walk away. And I take it the joy of the Lord is my strength. We can, we can grieve God. We can also give him joy. And I see Jesus looking down at me with a smile. How many times I must miss it? And he goes, oy vey, you know. But when I do it, he says, God, Barry, you did it. You pulled it off. You, you let me speak through you. And that's second, it's secondarily to win the lost, Jim. I'm absolutely convinced of that now. Sharing faith. If we don't, if we don't tell our people to share their faith, we're robbing them of joy. We're leaving them in fear. We're, 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 we're keeping them in bondage, seriously, because when you share your faith, all of a sudden, it I mean, nobody has to tell you to be in the word. You're digging, man. You keep getting asked things. I don't know this. Tell me else. And then you find it, and then you share it. And you see the change in front of you. Like, you know, nobody has to tell you to pray. I mean, you're praying like there's purpose to your entire life. And I think this wonderful, there's, you know, there's only one scripture in all the scriptures I found that actually explains why. From Genesis to Revelation, it says, do it, proclaim the word, whatever, in a lot of different ways, do it, do it, do it. Okay, I get it, God, it's supposed to be doing it. First off, people don't know how, but then why? And the why is in Isaiah 43.10, he says, so that you will believe. He doesn't say so that they'll believe. He says, so that you will believe. And when you share your faith you, and you feel God, there's no other way, Jim, I'm convinced there's no other way to feel that intimacy with God. That just, oh, God just used me. I pedaled car wax and he just used me. God, you're so awesome. And you get to where you just start praying without ceasing because when I come into a room, I just, I, I mean, I'm a normal guy, okay? I don't freak out anybody. Oh, get away from that barrier, it's just Jesus. No, I, I'm into sports and food and you name it, you know, I'm a junkie and all that stuff. I live life, but I also know that's gonna go away. You know, I, I love my business. I'm a patient car guy. I love making paint finishes shine. But when I get to heaven, it's not gonna matter how many bottles of car makes. Like, so it's it's all an excuse to get to people to share your love, and we're running out of time on that. So when he says, I point you to my witness so that you will believe, <clears throat> that's huge. Most Christians are living in fear today. The latest studies show that over 80% of Christians are living in fear. Mm. Living in fear. How's that possible? 
Mm. The Bible says 365 times, fear not, right? And if you fear, you're not trusting, you're not having faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. In fact, James 1 says, if you're wavering, you know, you're praying, but you're still worrying, you're wavering, don't expect to receive anything from me. Millions of listeners right now are in fear and wondering why their prayers aren't being answered. You would never put that together with sharing faith. But I got to tell you, to have faith, you need to share your faith. There are two sides of the same coin. And when you share your faith, then you, all the promises come on you of, of what he'll do for you when you share your faith, not the least of which is being, I think, the cornerstone that I'll let you ask the question. The cornerstone for all of it, my favorite verse after John 3.16. And it's, it's, it's probably the second most verse after John 3, 16, but hardly understood. I've never heard the whole scripture preached on. It's, it's this Romans 8, 28 thing where all things work together. For me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they must work good for somebody else, but not for me. <laughs> I, and I, I, I guess I can trust you. Some people, you know, the, it stumbles people. You have to read the whole verse. He said, I want you all to come to me. I want you all to be in heaven. I don't want not the one should be lost, but, but the, oh yeah, I have to bend my knee. I have to confess my sins to get in on it, right? It's the same thing. It's a contract, it's a partnership. And he says, I promise you, folks, God is promising you right now. He's promising you directly, you, that he will make everything in your life for now until you get to heaven, work together for good. Where's their bigger promise than the Bible? I don't know one. But there's two provisos. If I was a pastor, I'd preach this continually. Remember, God will make everything in your life work together for good, for good this week. Everything, that's everything, not most, everything. If you do two things, okay? If you love him, and, and a lot of Christians get that part, they don't get the second part. They get number one. But that's not just loving him. That's loving him. First love. Nothing comes between you. God, every, every day I say, God, Nothing. I don't want anything to separate us. Nothing. Sit there. Check me. Keep me close to you. I just want to listen to your voice. I want, I want nothing more than just be in fellowship with you every day. Love God with your whole heart. The second part of it is, is to live for his purpose. You know, I've never heard a sermon on living for his purpose. I'm 80 years old. I've been in church every Sunday for 80 years just about. And, and all of you I listen to during the week. I've never heard one on live for God's purpose. There's no argument what God's purpose is. It's to seek and save the lost. That's what he does. And none should be lost. When we live our lives to seek, to seek and save the lost, we live in the promise that God will make everything in our lives work together for good. And I've been there for about 30 years. I finally worked that out in my life. And so now I've faced, I've faced, face, I can tell you stories where I face where you would normally be desperate and you're close and there's no hope. I've had joy. I've been in the hospital dying. The doctors gave up on me. I had joy. <laughs> Karen, everybody else was there trying from all over the country to give their last rights to me. <laughs> and we were laughing. We were literally smiling and having a good time. Whereas I was supposed to supposedly dying. I lost my daughter, as you know, four, four, uh, four years ago. I had, a, I had a joint venture partner that was going to throw me out of my business the next morning. He took control of my board, was to throw me on my business. I was 65 years old. I had, I had no say. He, had, he took power. He had it. There's nothing I can do. The next morning, I'm going to lose my grandfather's 100-year-old family business, my dad's business, my life, my testimony. What happened to words was God now? He's a Christian, right? And he lost his business. I lost everything, my income. Everything was gone. 
And that night I said to God, <laughs> God, I don't want anyone to pray uh, because uh, I don't want to ask you for anything. I ask you for nothing. I'm good. Absolutely good. God, for two things, for two reasons. Uh, you know, I live for your purpose. And, and I know you honor your word. And so I'm good. Good night. I went to bed as God's hearing my voice right now. I went to bed. I fell asleep immediately. I slept all night. I never got up. I don't remember ever tossing and turning. I got up fresh. I went to my attorney's office this morning, that next morning to take this conference call board meeting. And in about eight minutes, God turned the whole thing around. <laughs> it was hilarious. I don't have time to tell the story. It's in my book. You hear, you forget, read my book. He changed everything. I could have been worried to death for that last day and night and sleepless night and God, and they're all worried. Worry is overrated, folks. <laughs> it, what it is, it's lack of faith. And then God, you're, God's not obligated to answer your prayers when you're worrying. So this thing of faith, it's, it's the great commission. It is the, thing we sh the number one thing we're told to do, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And, and it's the one thing our pastors aren't telling us to do. And it's the one thing we most hate to do because you know we think all the excuses we have, we're not trained or whatever. So our, our ministry is to, we've got to get serious about sharing our faith. 90% of Americans are lost. They're blinded. They're seeing good as evil and evil as bad. We're seeing that every day. I mean, the stuff that's the atrocities is just Satan's deception, right? You know that a, Pew, a study from Pew came out last night. I don't know if you saw it, Jim. It said four out of 10 Americans, 40% of Americans, not Christians, 40% of Americans now believe we're in the last days. Wow. God is allowing us all. We've talked about this because he's shaking people up. He's getting their attention. If it's, it was continued tranquility and make America great again, everybody would be a, so lukewarmness. But the persecution, just like we're seeing Ukraine right now, revival going on. Persecution, this, the, the darkness coming on America is waking people up. So now that they don't go to church, and now they want to know over 80% of the church are looking for somebody to tell them and already have at least one Christian in their life right now they trust. We could ignite America revival in, in 30 days. We could do that. We can do it. It doesn't cost any money. The problem is us, the Christians. We have to. So our ministry at, at, at uh, Ignite America is Ignite America, Ignite Christians to Ignite America with, with revival one person at a time. One person at a time. And so move everybody every day closer to Jesus. When you're doing that, you're living in the zone, having the time of your life. Every day is a blast. <laughs> every day is an adventure. And every day we see God moving and using even the bad stuff and turning it into good. So anyway, I, I should let you, I, I didn't mean to go off at all that, but <laughs> gives you the idea of my heart. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, that, that's powerful. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Yeah. And, and joy. You, there, there's, there's, there's many, many people who are watching you right now, including me, who are under conviction. When I hear how, when you face one of the most difficult challenges of your life, and, and what you said to God, and you went to sleep, and God turned it, <laughs> joy of the Lord is your strength. Uh, we're learning from you, Barry McGuire. You're this is, it's You're so much fun. Every day is an adventure. There's, you just go from one to the next to the next. I'm always coming off one of these encounters and heading to the next one. People say, how do you have so much energy? Why are you always smiling and having so much fun? You really want to know? <laughs> it's about sharing faith. The one thing that Christians don't want to do is a thing that ignites your life. And that's the name of our book. You know, we're just bringing it out. And it's called Ignite Your Life. When you learn this, and I do it with scriptures, 
The book is full of scriptures. It's a scriptural book. It gives you scripture by scripture, precept by precept, to where you understand the it takes your blinders off and you realize, wow, I went in on this. <laughs> now, let's talk about uh, the name of your ministry is called Ignite. Yeah. And uh, boy, that goes with the ignition on your cars, doesn't it? That, it, that's does. Cool. it does. Ignite and, and your book. What's the title of the book? We want to know how, how we can get that book. What's the website we go to? I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> <laughs> it's called, uh, let's see, what is it? Oh, yeah, Ignite Your Life. <laughs> Ignite your life. The, the subline there, I think, is really important. Defeat fear with effortless faith. People are struggling with fear. 80, 83% of all Christians are in fear right now. You can defeat fear with effortless faith because when you get into the zone, it's not that you're, you know, this whole thing of faith. You and I have both been in so many situations where let's gather around and we trust you, God. We trust you, God. You know, it's the volume of our voice really doesn't make any difference. God's looking at our hearts. And, and, and so we do tell people, well, just trust God. Well, that sounds so righteous. And it seems so easy until you try to do it. I've been there. Trying to trust God in my own strength and our own strength is, 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 is you can't do it because it's supernatural. Trust comes supernaturally. So you can't do it just to do it. If we couldn't do it, we'd probably be pretty proud of ourselves if we did. I got, I had so much trust that I just, you know. No, it's not, a, it's not about our trust. It's about living in God's favor. How do we do that when we live for his purpose? I'm always trying to find my purpose. I was in a, I was in a group, men's group, and I was, I was an outsider invited in. And this man said, I just, I'm looking for God's purpose. Well, let's gather around. God help Tom, you know, discover his purpose, your purpose for his life. I think it's not about our purpose. It's about his purpose. If he had a purpose for you and me, and we'd all be at cross purposes. There's only one purpose, redemption. We, life is about redemption. And he says, when you live for my purpose, he has a plan for your life. His plan for your life, Jim, obviously, way different. His plan for me, Vamic <laughs> Carwax, right? Each of us has a plan, but it's a plan to perform his purpose. We live for one purpose the redemption of man. That's what life's all about. Life is about redemption. It's about learning, living long enough to learn who he is and accept him. And then for the rest of our lives, uh, get as many people with us as we possibly can. And when we get to heaven, the way I look at it, there's only one thing going to matter. It's not about how many Carwax bottles I sold or whatever you're working to accomplish and you, we all have stuff we're doing but they're just the pulpit right when we get to heaven the only thing that's going to matter is how many people will be in heaven because of your influence you have influence what are you doing with it you know and you've laid out so many profound principles life principles uh probably more than you even realize in these last few moments i I want, I want to try to go to some of the stories of your sharing your faith that will help trigger other people how to do that in similar situations. But uh, first of all, give us your website. What's the website where they can get that? We, have, we have two, actually. Um, we have one. The main one is Ignite America. I don't know if you can see that. Ignite America. There's, there's, how's that for a billboard? <laughs> no, that works. Igniteamerica.com, right? Ignite America. That will tell you how much fun it is. There's videos. I interview all types of people from all walks of life that are sharing their faith. They don't all look like me. And, and, and by the way, people say, well, if I was outgoing like you, I could share my faith, but I'm not. I'm a quiet person. 
I was an introvert. <laughs> I hid behind Karen. When we went to events, I hid. I literally hid behind Karen. She loves a room full of people she doesn't know. And when she started engaging, then I'd come out from hiding. Seriously, I did this. I was an introvert. Sharing my faith changed that because I knew I needed to talk to you about God. And it put me out of my, took me out of a show. So what's the other website? Uh, the other one is, this one's really fun. These are cards. You can order a thousand of these, hundreds of whatever you want. They're free. Just go to the website. It's right on the card. You can order them. But you carry these with you. So first off, when you're talking, we only 1% of us are sharing our faith. We need to get other Christians to share their faith. So when you're talking to other Christians, tell them they need to get to share in your faith. And, and by the way, you're going to have the time of your life doing it. Your life, it'll ignite your life. So go to this website, tell you how to do that. But the other side is even more important. How many times do you have a spontaneous conversation with somebody in a waiting room or in the line of, you know, Starbucks or what have you, and you, you, you see they're ready. You know, they're anxious. The world is angry. They're desperate. They want to know about the Lord. So almost, I'll, I'll be safe to say almost 100% of the time, you grab their attention and you just see them for a moment, maybe five minutes, 10 minutes, and you're going to leave them. You say, it looks like you would like to know more. And they always say, yeah, I do. Then you give them this card. You carry these with you. You give them this card, seekinggod.org. And hmm. this is a robust site. It's got everything they need to know uh, that will take them from no, no knowledge of God to the sinner's prayer. It's a fabulous a site. I, wow. I, was, uh, I had a, a, a black, a young black guy in Detroit the other day, not, late at night, take me to the airport. And I want to know about his life. I always ask, when you gauge, when you love on them, they'll open up and they'll tell you their fears. And this guy imagines for you, he lives in Detroit, downtown Detroit. And he started telling me about his fears. I started telling him about God. And I said, you know, he, will, he wants to protect you. He wants to give you a good life. He just wants to, and he said, man, he was just, it, you know, it's just amazing to him. When I got out, I said, I tell you what, um, I'm going to give you a website here you can go to. And this will tell you everything you need to know about God. He looked at this card. Yeah, I what you're saying th that's on here. I said, well, a lot more. What I'm saying, I can learn all that at this website. I said, yeah. I said, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. He's like 25 year old black kid in center of New York, uh, uh, Detroit. That's so afraid. And I'm telling you, there's a God who loves him and wants to enter into his life and protect him and give him a life of purpose. You know, it's just like, wow. So these two websites are quite, quite interesting. They really are. And you can't give money to either one of them. We're just, we just want to get people saved. We're in here, let's, let's get this done. So anybody who's, any ministry that's promoting and says, I want that, but I don't want to siphon off donors. Unfortunately, that's the way ministries look at it. We don't siphon off donors, we build donors because your donors who start sharing their faith will be blessed by God and they'll have more money to give to your organization. So it's a win-win for everybody. <laughs> Igniteamerica.com and yeah. seekinggod.org. Yeah. Boy, thank you for that. Barry, tell us uh, the book title again, one more time before we go to some stories. The book, hold that book up one more time because I want okay. you to read that book. Um, it's called Ignite Your Life. Ignite Your Life. And it will, folks. I guarantee you a thousand percent, a thousand, ten thousand. I would guarantee if you will live, and it's not about me, it's scriptures. Forget about me. I have trappings around it, my life to explain the practicality of the scriptures. 
but this is a book of scripture at the end of every chapter there's all the all the scriptures you just read those scriptures and they will fortify you and move you from fear to effortless faith it's it's so much fun and people that are reading it already are just saying oh my goodness you changed my life so it's, they, they go to amazon.com or something like amazon.com that. Amazon. Oh, okay. go. yeah any place you want to go to pick it up uh, yeah. I'm gonna, we're gonna it, it, officially it launches february 7 yeah, so okay. It'll be, so it's a, or should I say it was launched February seventh. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna uh, uh, go to some stories here in a second. But one mundane question on the cover of the book: What's the car you're sitting in right there? Well, I'm a I'm a hot rodder. Okay, so that's that's the iconic hot rod. That's a thirty two Ford. Okay. <laughs> and um, I, I I have a lot of fun driving thirty two Ford. You get thumbs up from everybody when you're driving a thirty two. It's called <laughs> the highway or, or the ultimate hot rod, so it's great fun. Okay, tell me, tell us just a few stories here of opportunities of sharing your faith in various environments. And, and well, um, oh gee, there's a million of them. So, um, uh, oh gee, there's so many. Uh, I, I'll tell you one quick one. I'm, I'm in Detroit. And, and I'm at the Marriott Hotel and I'm going across the, to the convention center, which is a five minute walk, but it's seven degrees outside. So I, so I, I grab a taxi and I get a white guy, one of the non, maybe the only non-Muslim taxi driver in Detroit. And he's a little white scruffy guy. The steering wheel is higher than him. And he's, he's probably 10 years younger than me, but looks 20 years older. And so I said, oh, thank you, sir. I said, we're going to go for a short ride, but I'll give you a big tip. They hate short rides. You know, they've been waiting for a ride for an hour and then they get five minute rides. So I said, I'll give you a big tip. I don't want a tip. I said, excuse me. I don't want a tip. So, uh, sir, uh, why don't you want a tip? I'm a bad person. I don't deserve a tip. Now, if you're not thinking spiritually, you might want to try to get out of that car real, real quick, right? But I said, you know, but I always say, okay, God, Holy Spirit. And I, and I said, you know, do you know God loves you? No. I said, yeah, God loves you. No. I said, sir, I'm I'm a Christian, and I know the Bible really well, and I can tell you for a fact, He loves you. Silence. I said, in fact, it gets even better. Do you know He loves you as much as He's ever loved anybody ever? Silence. <laughs> you know, it gets even better. Do you know He loves you? as much as he loves his own son, Jesus Christ, as how much he loves you. Well, by now we're at the convention center, so I get out snowing. I can hear the salt on the windows. It was going down. Never forget the moment. He's looking at me just stone faced. He doesn't know what to say. I said, sir, uh, God just put me in your car. Because he wants you to know he loves you and he wants you to spend eternity with him. He never changed expression. Then I gave him a really big tip. <laughs> God bless you. Have a good day. And I walked away. Woo I looked up. That's one of those times where I saw Jesus smiling down. Did I get him saved? Of course not. I didn't get him saved. I may have stopped him from committing suicide that day. He may be a preacher. I don't know. It's a team sport. It's a team sport. And uh, sometimes when we lead the way the Lord, it's, it, we may feel proud of that, but actually we have no idea how many people before us were sowing seed into that life. We don't know where we are. Are we the first person, or the 20th person? So you treat everybody the same and you move everybody every day. If, if just a skosh, I jumped in an ele elevator and all of a sudden I found myself with seven monster black guys with all the gold chains. They were tough dudes. And I said, okay, and I'm, I'm my little white guy with my little eye and everything. <laughs> and so I said, I, I, I usually say that. I said, do you know God loves you? 
what's this guy talking about? I said, he loves you. You know, is that cool? Is it that amazing to know that God loves you as much as ever loved anybody and he wants you to go to heaven with him? Wow, is that cool? And the elevator opened my door and I went out. I said, God bless you guys. I walked away. <laughs> How many times do you think they told that story? Uh, you just, and it goes on and on and on. You know, I, so I'm in a hotel. This is how God works. I'm in a hotel and I need to get to the restaurant for dinner before Richie, my buddy, because he always wants to get the tab. So I got to get there first and get my credit card first. You know the drill. So my my Uber app wouldn't work. So I said, Karen, we got to get downstairs about wrap my, my Uber app. Is it working in the hotel? She said, okay. So we go downstairs and step out. It's still not working. So Karen says, um, you better get that taxi. I said, you're right, sir. I'll take that taxi. He's oh, it's spoken for. Uh, it, it's spoken for. Yeah, the lady behind, I look back, this lady back real close to the front of the hotel and and um, and she's standing there. I said, oh, okay. Well, how long would it take to get another taxi? He says, well, it's five o'clock and uh, for some reason they're not around right now. It could take about 10 minutes. And at that point, the blood started to drain down my, I'm just, oh my God, what am I gonna do? And, and then I hear, sir, what? Sir, I look around at that lady, and she says, I, go, just go ahead and take my taxi. Well, well why? She says, my husband, he's still, I don't know what he's doing. He's, he, I know what he's doing in the room. I don't know how long he just, We'll just take the next taxi. You take that taxi. I said, okay. Now, now, God had to stop my Uber app from working, right? He had to keep that guy up in his room. You know, think about this taxi had to be there right at the right moment, okay, to get that taxi. We get him to close the door, and immediately there's a burning rubber, and he wants to know where the H we want to go. <laughs> and he's this profanity. This guy is out of control. Now, again, if you're not thinking turned spiritually, you're thinking, God, where are you? How did you get me in this mess? You know, but you just like so. We started asking questions. We found out his wife had just died from cancer. And it was not good. And she was in a lot of pain. And it had gone on for several years. And now his kids were in total rebellion. They wouldn't listen to him. They're just in rebellion. And so here it comes again, scripture. And I said, do you know, God says, come unto me, all you who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And he yells, oh, rest. Do I need rest? With the same intensity. And at that point, I knew we had him. So then Karen and I both started sharing scriptures with him. And he's going, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I, I need God in my life. I mean, he's just like, so we get to the restaurant. We get out. I said, if you want to tell me, give me, give me an idea where you live. Give me your cell number. I will find a good church for you if you'd like to. He said, I need to get in church. In the, in the text, I need to get in church. So I felt led to do that. I said, you know. Um, I'll send you a text and tell you a good church. I'll do it. Oh, thank you. I said, can we pray for you? He said, would you? And so here we are with the street picture of the head. We're in front of the headlights of the taxi. People go in the restaurant and here's Karen and me with this taxi driver huddled together and, and weeping and praising God together at the same time. I mean, all the things God had to do to make that happen. And we don't know the outcome until we get to heaven, right? But I mean, to be a part of that, what did that do for me? What did that do for Karen? He was there. He uses that moment. I mean, what it does for you, that's that's better than anything else. It ignites your life, folks. If you're not getting in on it, there's there's no other way to have this kind of intimacy with God. I've thought about it. There's no other way to have the intimacy with God as you have when you're allowing him to use you and speak through you to people. And, the, and once he knows you're available, it just starts 
happening all the time. So it's every day. It's like life gets better and better. That's why we feel so, you know, like we're first married people because we're having so much fun. It has everything to do not with our business or our friends or our church, and they're all wonderful, but it has to do with the fact that God is using us, using us right now. It's, 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 wow. it's pretty special. Now, folks, did you notice that Barry didn't count it a loss or a failure if he didn't push the person all the way to, his, to the praying the sinner's prayer? Mm. And what he started with, he said, if I heard him correctly, every word you say and every action you make either pushes, it breaks people, draws people closer to God or pushes them away from God. Yeah, yeah. And look what he's doing. He, he's part of a, of a team sport that working with other people, he's moving these people along until that moment that they come into full awareness of Christ. I'll give you the extreme of that. Uh, I get a call of a guy in Detroit. He said, uh, Jack wants to talk to you. He's in Oregon and he's dying. He's in a hospice bed. And he's told his wife he wants to talk to Barry McGuire. So I called Jack and I knew exactly. In fact, Karen and I had a, the afternoon off and we were going to go catch a movie. And so we walked out the car and said, Karen, you drive. I got business to do. And so I called Jack. Barry. I just wanted to talk. I haven't talked to him for several years. And he gave me a situation. I said, well, are you, are you now at the point of wanting to, <laughs> are you at the point where you really want to become a Christian, accept the Lord? I do. I do. How do I do that? So I shared with him and I prayed the sentence for everything. I had him repeat it. And I said, Jack, uh, do you realize now we're going to spend eternity together? What? We're going to spend eternity together. You and I are going to hang out together for eternity, forever. We're going to be together because you just gave your life to Jesus Christ. Oh, I can't believe it. That's fantastic. I said, it is. He died a few days later. That conversation took me maybe 12, 13 minutes. It took 50 years, Jim. Mm -hmm. I'd been sharing with him. I counted up. I've been sharing with him for 50 years, and he showed no interest. But when he was dying, I got a lot of stories that play around with this thing, but this is a really good one. For 50 years, he gave no response to me, but he heard. Wow. I call it chumming. You just keep chumming. And you throw out a chum line in the back of the boat, and a lot of times the marlin will go through. He's not hungry. He didn't pay any attention to it. But if he's hungry, he grabs that piece of fish, and then he looks at the next one, and all of a sudden he's coming right up your chum line. It's a beautiful thing to see a marlin coming up your chum line. You've probably done it. There's only one thing way more better than that. You think a lost person coming up your chum line, all of a sudden they're starting to ask questions. I, I, I don't think you can force feed Christianity. This heavy, I just love on people. I throw them chums. Every time with them, I mention God, I find it's a sport to me. I find ways to throw God out in the conversation just to remind them that I'm a Christian without being overbearing. Then I don't go there again. I don't, I don't, if I say one more thing about God, I'll bother them. God is so good. Thank you, God, for this day. What a beautiful day. You're so blessing us. Hey, did you see those Lakers last night? I just quickly changed this every go on. But every conversation, I make sure they know that I'm a Christian, that I'm acknowledging God. I'm not pushing. I'm not selling. I'm just acknowledging. So when they have a problem, when they have a problem, they will come. <laughs> Who are they going to call with the problem? So I get calls. I've been telling you all these years. I just continue to get calls from people. So many people I've lived with are dying. And I say to some of you, stop waiting to call me when you're dying. <laughs> you may not have the chance to call me. Call me now. You know? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Barry, I'm going to have you lead in prayer for the people who are listening right now. 
And then we're going to go into a, a, a prayer. Day. What, what you've shared is just so awesome, so powerful. I'm so appreciative. Praise God for your life and the way you've touched all of us, including me. Let's uh, let's have you pray. Uh, is there any other question I should have asked that you want to share? And then we're, I'm going to have you pray over our listeners. No, let me just say, um, I don't make any money off the book. I'm not pushing this book for anything except that it's 50 years of explaining of experiences of helping to understand how easy it is, how fun it is to share your faith. We have so many people telling us we should share our faith, but they don't tell us how, or they make it sound like it's so difficult that we can't do it anyway, you know, forget all that. Just step out. You can start doing it right now. Make a commitment right now to move from this moment on to move everybody every day closer. If, if only at the end of a conversation, you can do it with a clerk. You can do it with an operator on the phone and just say, okay, I'm so glad to talk to you. You've been a blessing to me, whatever you want to say, but just say, so have a good day and, and God bless you. And when you look, don't say, and God bless you. Look them in the eye as you're leaving. And, and I, I tend to add it, have a good day. So I just kind of, it's real casual. Or I touch their arm. I say, have a good day. And I look at it and I say, and God bless you. That extra second. I have the time tears come to their eyes. You know that everybody is hurting. We're surrounded by people. 80% of the people around us are hurting and they're lost and they're searching and nobody cares. And we're busy going to church. We're busy going to our prayer meeting. We got to get done with this meal. We're good. Waitress, I need my check because I got to get to my prayer meeting. And whenever that waitress doesn't even want to work, she wants to be home with her kids. She hears us talking about God, and then we, we were rude to her and abrupt, and we stiff her on a tip. Do we just move her closer and further away from God? We're, you're in full-time ministry. All of us are. And when you realize that you step from, from angst and urgency and fear into God is using you. You're, you're in with stuff with God. You have that flat tire on the way to that important meeting. Where are you now, God? I just want to need you. You give me a flat tire. Thanks a lot, God. Or do you say, okay, God, you're up to something. <laughs> this guy's going to come help me fix my car. He must need you. And when you see that, it happens. And you walk away and say, God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that flat tire. <laughs> you thank you for the bad stuff. They always, over, when, he, when you're living in the fog, when you're living in the promise of Romans 8, 28, he wants to make everything in your life work together for good. So when something happens that's not good, it is good. You just can't see it. Mm -hmm. Oh, Barry, I so enjoy. I've had the privilege of hanging out with you and your wife a number of times. You just, you're such a blessing. You're such a blessing. What a, what a joy. Uh, can, you, uh, can you cap us off in prayer? And then we're going to go uh, with others leading in prayer as well. Can you pray? Well, you know, okay. Father God, um, we know you're here right now, and we have no idea how many people are listening to this that need this message, but we pray for those. I, well, thank you first for this mighty man of God, Jim Garlow, who's had such an impact on my life for so many years. The man is fearless because he's been empowered by you, <laughs> and you've used him in ways uh, extraordinarily uh, that have affected so many lives. And uh, there's nobody in my life who's had more influence. Um, this man is just, I just thank you uh, for Jim. And I pray that you continue to bless he and his wife for their fervor and their energy and their, and, and, and their um, uh, just their 
their ability to move and change people and move them closer to you and all the work in Israel and all, everywhere this man goes, he's living under your favor. And I thank you for that. And I pray that you continue it. Father God, we thank you for those who are listening, who care enough to listen to um, a guy selling car wax for a while. But, um, you know, we're all the same. We came in this world the same. We'll leave this world the same. And you've spoken to us all the same as some of us, like all those that are listening right now are seeking you. Obviously, everybody's hungry that's listening to a broadcast like this. And I pray for everyone. And it's amazing. The statistics tell us that even those who most seek you and most love you can get off track and be living in fear and, and lose you as their first love. When we love you as our first love, God, when, we, when you're our first love, nothing else, else, we share you because we get excited about sharing. We, we talk about what we're excited about. If we're not sharing you, we're not excited about you anymore. We can be on our way to heaven, but we're not excited about you. And so many good things, ministries come into our lives. And we, and we start focusing on those, but they all always have to do with people. And people always let us down. Then we wonder, where are you, God? Because we've kind of made that our God. Like, God, help me with my God. If there be any message that comes across from this conversation, I pray that everybody listening to us will recognize it and hunger and search for being in that place where they can be at one with you. This is what you want with us. Fear not. Holy God, that we can just trust you with our whole hearts. When we trust you with our whole hearts, that's, that's our whole hearts. That's everything. That's the end of fear. And how will we do that? There may be other ways, but for sure we can do that by living in the promise of Romans 8.28 when we love you with our whole heart and we live for your purpose, not ours. You have all these plans for us. You have plans for us. Uh, Jeremiah talks about that. Some of you say you have plans for us, but your plans are to help us live for your purpose. It's the redemption of mankind. That's what life's all about. We can give all types of ministries. We can do all kinds of good things for this world. But in the end, it's about souls. God, how many people are, how many people do we know collectively as, all, as we're all here together right now? How many people do we influence that don't know you? My gracious, it, it could be millions. It could be millions. Every one of us has a whole bunch of folks under our influence that we could influence and we're probably just being neutral at this point. We could be not less than neutral because everything we say and do, think about our lives and our actions and how we, how we perform our lives, that we could be salt and light, that we can literally change our environment by, the, by our, our actions that support our words and our words be pure and clear and honoring you and bring your love into this lost world. It's, it's never been more exciting. It's never been more easy. It's never been more fun. It's never been more important. You've given us this great responsibility, this great privilege of knowing you in these days. And with that comes this huge responsibility that 90% or 80% of the people around us are lost. God, help us, help us to cry out for the lost. Spurgeon called out so well. He says, if they go to, if they go to hell, may it be over us, clinging to their legs and holding them and binding them, doing everything we can to keep them from, from going to hell. Now, there's a whole lot of folks that, that can be saved from hell if you can ignite us, those that are listening to us right now, to, to make your focus and to live for your purpose, to seek and save the lost. When that becomes the driving force of our lives, we honor you, God. 
and we enter into your blessing to making everything in our lives work together for good. Hallelujah. It's, it's a win-win like we've never heard before. May this message be burned into the minds of every one of us. It's not me. I just happen to be an example of this great truth. This is Bible 101. And I pray that uh, these words, our website, perhaps our book, Ignite Your Life, will, will encourage people to, to get off the bench and into the game. And, and start having the time of their lives for the rest of their lives. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. And I hope they all get it on. Thank you, Holy God. We give you praise in Jesus' name. And I continue in the spirit of prayer. And uh, I'm going to be keep my eyes open as I pray on this one. Uh, Lord, I, I am praying on behalf of myself, and on behalf of those of us listening right now. Lord, I'm reminded of opportunities I've missed, and I want to repent. Of that sin i come before you i want to be cleansed and made whole there have been failures and shortcomings praise god uh, jesus died on the cross for our sins and uh, lord i ask your forgiveness uh, for the sin of failing to see people as you see them as barry has helped us understand how many times have i missed those opportunities and uh, lord I, I repent of that and i ask your forgiveness for that failure I do thank you, Lord, for the, the, the times I did see it and the times those of us listening did see it. And, and we're, we're, Barry is right. What a, what, a, what a surge of joy went through us because we were within the purpose, uh, the purpose that you've established. We were bringing glory to you by bringing people to you. And so uh, thank you for Barry's reminding us of that and the, mind, the times of jubilation where we, where we did what we were supposed to do. But help us as we go future now, help us to somehow see through the lens that you see them, that we yes. can see lives that are broken. And, and, yes. and, when, and Lord, when I told Barry it was a hostile culture and Barry said, no, they want God. Uh, help me to look through that lens that he sees. And, and Lord, you, what you see, uh, people that are wounded and hurting and they, they need you badly. So. Uh, help each one of us, me and each one of us listening, that we we see people in a new light as either someone who knows you or someone who does not know you yet and needs to come to you and, and help us to be a part of this team sport that if we don't get them all the way across the finish line, at least we can help them. We can take them by the hand and put an arm around their back and love them a few yards down the field uh, until someone else comes and takes it and Helps them to come into a full, full establishment of relationship with you, but help us move people to you and not away. And I, Lord, I repent again. I'm just I thought of him saying, we either move people to or away. And, and, and Lord, I can think of sometimes I've been impatient with a clerk or somebody, and I, I didn't move them closer, I moved them further away. So, Lord, we we once again we we go back and repent, not to wallow in our past sins, but we have sensitive spirits. And we want to walk in the in all that you have for us. So, Father, I thank you for the fruitfulness that is about to come on everyone within the sound of my voice. Everyone who's listening to this, as we all are more sensitized how to flow in your spirit and love on people the way you would. And thank you again for Barry McGuire. Thank you for giving him car wax as his pulpit, which is taking him around the globe to exalt and lift up the name of Jesus. In your name I pray, amen. And now let's continue right on in the spirit of prayer.
I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please read the show notes for additional details if you would like a copy of the book or resources mentioned. Remember that WellVersed is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. We rely on your support and partnership. Don't forget to hit subscribe to keep up to date with our latest episodes. Leave us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Thank you for listening to the WellVersed podcast. For more information, please go to www.wellversedworld.org.